Support for the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Gentlemen, shaving your downstairs area can be difficult, but those troubles are a thing of the past with Manscaped's Lawnmower 3.0. Featuring skin-safe technology, it glides nice and smooth, so you're not in any danger of nicks and cuts to your delicate downstairs area. It also has a convenient LED light, so you can see where you're trimming, plus it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. I've been using mine for a few weeks now, and it's awesome. It works great, and it will totally change your grooming game. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes included in the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Crop Reviver and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer. Get all these great products, as well as a super comfortable anti-chafing boxers, plus a great travel bag to carry it all in. The perfect package is valued at over $150, but right now you can get it all for just $89.99. Manscaped features some of the perfect gifts to give to the men in your life. Gift your friends, your family, and yourself the gift of Manscaped. Right now, when you go to manscaped.com, you can use the code BABBLE and get 20% off plus free shipping. That's BABBLE, B-A-B-B-L-E, for 20% off your order and free shipping. Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And we are live for the 91st episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. I am your host, Matt Loves Luigi, and tonight... I'm with Andrew, and I'm G. How are we doing, guys? Oh, hey, what's going on, man? Sorry. Oh, hey, hey. Were we watching the Yankees on already? I thought it was still the All-Star break. Um, I'm going to ignore any actual baseball-related chat for this moment. Yeah, um, honestly. Good to have you back. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're just honestly, this is, I don't know what, who said anything about baseball. This is a a movie podcast. We're going to be going through movies, TV shows, all that's good in pop culture and Hollywood. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, This is still, yeah, the Euros. I'm a big Italian soccer fan, Forza Italia. They just won the Euros. Anything other than the New York Yankees, because it's been a pretty rough season. Um, I think this is our first pod in a couple weeks, rightfully so. A few of us were on vacation, a few of us, you know. A few of us just were doing things with our life other than podcasting and talking about the Yankees, because as of right now, the New York Yankees are in fourth place, eight games out of the AL East, four and a half games out of a wild card spot. And overall, they've just been and this is more important than anything, more important than record, more important than whether they're going to make the playoffs or not playoffs or not. They've just been a terrible watch. Like, that's kind of what, like, this is the midseason review. It's probably going to be 20, 30 minutes. We'll go back to our normal scheduling, you know, once or twice a week after in between series after this. But for this episode, we just want to talk about just what this team has been through this first half of the season. And to be honest, it's not going to be a long episode because what's there to talk about? That they're a terrible watch. They play shit baseball. They play terrible defense. They get out in the bases. They show no heart, no emotion. Like, What's there to talk about? You know, it's really sad. And, you know, I, I said this to Andrew before the show, and I, I understand when people say, oh, you guys are spoiled. You're Yankee fans. They've had 25 straight winning seasons. Like, well, you, this team's still a few games above 500. Like, there's people out there that watch teams who lose 100 games, like, and you guys are acting like you're watching the worst team. It's not about that. It's about the, this team was 
this, I think the favorites in the to win the AL and only favorites behind the Dodgers to win the World Series coming into the year. They have a massive and ample amount of talent, and they're just terrible. Like this team of the like the teams, the early uh, Girardi teams that won mid, low, high eighties, right? Those teams did not have half the amount of talent as these Yank this Yankee team, and that's why it's so upsetting and it's just so almost depressing watching these guys try to fucking put together baseball games and put together I don't even know what they're playing half the time. Um, so guys, anyone want to say anything after that? Because uh, I could just go on for the, the entire 30 minutes at this point. The thing is, is that this pod has become a similar rhetoric. Um, well, just rhetoric in general. All right, it's it, We're saying the same shit over and over again. Very reminiscent of the rhetoric and garbage excuses that we get from Aaron Boone after every loss. Like, oh, yes. Well, we put together some good at bats. I saw some things I liked in the field. We're grinding out there. At a certain point, it just falls on deaf ears. And, and I think that's kind of where we're at. So I'm glad we're kind of changing the pace uh, tonight. Uh, we, we can go back to our want to slit our wrists wide open in the street uh, when we start playing some games. Uh, probably going to end up losing, let's just be honest, because that's what this team is right now. But it's just been, like you said, just a very stressful depressing and just weigh, it weighs it down because if they were just a bad team just like like a they're they are a bad team let me clarify but if they were like a no name you know just up and comer losing a bunch of games we wouldn't care right i know we're the yankee fans we expect to win all the time but if this was an up-and-coming team that was supposed to be in contention two three years down the road and we were losing 95 games this year it is what it is right you want to see your, your prospects develop you want to see some good things from some guys who are going to be part of the core but that's not who we are we're a team that's expected to win right now and we're not and that's i think the worst spot to be that's purgatory yeah purgatory is a good word for it especially because they do have the talent and a lot of it is not performing or performing you know not how we expect them to but like it's on most nights it's like oh whatever they're just, you know, like Luigi said, you know, they play poorly. They get out on the bases. They just look, like, brutal and not fun to watch, whatever. But, like, they tease you because then they go out and, you know, take the first two games from the Dodgers. Or, I'm sorry, the Dodgers. The Astros. You know, they take the first two games from the Astros. And, and, get crazy, all the way they, and then the third game just got rained out. It's crazy. You know, oh, yeah. Just, I mean, just, huge storm stroll through. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, take the first basically two and, you know, two games and eight innings. They're looking like they're, you know, they're sitting pretty and they just inexplicably just melt down. And it's like the third time in 10 games or something that they gave up like a huge lead in the ninth inning. It's just, you know, all that bullshit. And they wind up exactly where they have been most of the season, which is like within a few games of 500. Andrew, what was that stat you had before the show? You told me how. Like there's teams are like four hundred and fifty and two in the yeah, last. Yeah, like I think year I think it's so. like I think it's actually worse. I think it's like four ninety three and two, something <laughs> along those lines. When leading by four more runs in the ninth inning this year, and those two losses, both the Yankees. Um, I don't need to tell our listeners which games they are, yeah. um, but they're two of those games that G um, alluded to, where we gave up massive runs in, in the last uh, in no, the opponent's last I at think, bat. It's crazy that we've done that three times in the last I, two weeks, but. We don't. So, like I said before the show, like I don't really want to dive into like specific games this year, but I will. Let's just talk about that one game. I think 
99% of Yankee fans went to sleep that game. Right? I like there, there was a rain out. Okay, it came back. It was like we all oh, went to sleep. The, um, we, we, I, yeah. I don't even have to say the game. We all know it came. We all went to sleep thinking, all right, you know, that, that was a good win. Good shit. Okay, Otani was out of there in the first. You know, we, we got that. And man, when I looked at my, I, I, I went on Twitter. Like, I just went on Twitter for, of course, the first tweet of my timeline was just the Yankees tweeting that score. And I, I thought it was like, I'm like, what day is it? Did I sleep for like two days and like this was the next game or this was maybe the night before game and I was for some reason seeing it now? That was like the most shocked I've been waking up to like a score result I think I've ever been. I could not believe, Dude, despite how I, bad they've been this year, I still could not believe they lost that game when I woke I up. I, up I could phone. not believe it. Like and then when I look at the box score, it was like, yep, there, there he is. There's imploding Chapman right on time, right when we needed him most. Like that. Dude, that like, I was... Just sat up in bed and grabbed my phone and just stared at it for a solid, like, 45 seconds. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I was I was my mind was blank for the next few minutes after that. I, I didn't really know what to think. But, yeah, that that's just been one of those yeah and there's look there's been like numerous moments like that right there's been numerous games where you're just saying like holy shit like what is well, wrong what's what's dudes? the what's the saying right like the yankees every time you think they've hit rock bottom they still got the shovel in their hands they're still digging yeah. kind of thing yeah, right still like how how many times are we gonna experience our worst loss of the season. I'm sick and tired of finding a new worst yeah. loss of the season. Like you a game like that should be like that was pathetic, dog shit, embarrassing, whatever you want to call it. Whatever. It's one game. I mean if you have like, right? but they keep doing it over that, and over again. That that's a microcosm for the season. E- either that or judge having like the players only meeting and then the next game them losing thirteen to like two and or like eight to one and judge having like the only run on a home run. Dude, like, if you have like more than like two or maybe three worst loss of the year candidates something is wrong like oh yeah oh yeah like, there's look there's been a couple good wins this year you know it's it's not it hasn't been all bad there's been some good moments but i mean no by definition uh, they're a 500 team it's been yeah, they're, it they're, hasn't been all bad it hasn't been all good it's just bullshit it's average like yeah, yeah. um but look, i'm just gonna go through some stats real quick for the yankees um the Yankees currently, right, don't have a guy hitting over 285. They currently have two guys with an OPS higher than 780, Stanton and Judge. Glaber Torres has the third worst slugging percentage in all of baseball. DJ LeMahieu, the 14th worst. Like that, Clint. Like look at some. Clint Frazier is hitting 186 with a 317 OBP and slugging. Like that, some of these numbers are. Like we're gonna go through what's appalled us most about the Yankees this season, but I mean, there are so many things that are literally just downright appalling about these teams. When you when you do, because look, I I'm someone that like I'm not like a huge like I used to be a huge stats guy growing up as a kid, right? And I don't I don't I look at the stats maybe like once every few weeks, right? And sometimes you have you ever just looked at the stats and you haven't looked at them in a while and they just shock you. Like that, every time I look at the Yankees stats, every time I go on baseball reference or ESPN or whatever, I'll always just look at some of these numbers and I'll just, I'll, I'm just shocked. Like, I'm just going to go through what's appalled me most this season right away. Glaber Torres had three home runs last year, right? In the 42 games he played in the short and Mickey Mouse regular season. 
This year, he also has three and 77 games played with, like I just said, he only there's only two guys in all of MLB with a worse slugging percentage than him. One is Jackie Bradley Jr. And like I was saying this to Andrew before the show. He just looks so lost at the plate. Like his at-bats are so terrible. He, he fouls pitches off right down the middle that are should be meatballs, should be hit 500 feet. And or at the very uh, least, like hit for a double, or, or just yeah, I was about to say, or at least hit in play for a like a hard hit ball, you know, just something. But yeah, for for as highly touted as Glaber was, and and as much as people stand the dude and just love the dude, and you know, he made two All Star teams, he had thirty seven home runs in a year. I just every time I watch the Yankees, I don't think there's a Yankee game I watch where I don't say to myself. Holy shit! What happened to this dude? Like I, I like actually am just amazed every time I watch the Yankees how bad Glaber is. It, it's so it's like almost sad. And you know what? Shame on the Yankees for not one time. Like I like Andrew was like because I said, you know, how is he still hitting in the middle of the lineup? And Andrew's like, well, you know, who the hell else do we have? And it's a good point, you know, when you have like Brett Gardner and Tim LaCastro and Clint Frazier in your lineup, and then okay, Glaber probably is a better option to hit in the middle than those guys. But how do you not just at least one point this year, just send him down, just send Glaber down for for a few weeks, let him reset, let, let him uh, like let him know that like hey man, you don't just have a spot on this team because you were like a number one prospect and you're all these things, dude. You got to earn your spot. But the Yankees are just hey, they haven't done that. They they've babied him this entire his entire career, and I'm not saying like that. Oh, the Yankees have babied him and that's why he sucks. No, I think he sucks for a lot more reasons. But look, look, look at Yerman Mercedes the guy was what 13 for 13 to start the year. He just got sent down because he was, wasn't getting the job done. He was bad. And I mean, Glaber has not been getting the job done for the last two regular seasons. Now, like at what, what point do we say, okay, like maybe let's either sit him down on the bench or send him down to triple a for a few weeks and let him reset. I, I just, I, I just don't understand. It's to me, a guy that's this bad. And look, the whole, like it says something when you could stick out, in a terrible lineup like the Yankees have had all year, like you could stick out for being like extra awful. I mean, three home runs in 77 games with a 308 slugging percentage. I mean, like at, at one point, remember in like, I think it was like May or June, like Glaber or like Glaber and Clint, I remember at one point we're hitting back to back in the lineup in like mid-bay. I think they had like 13 RBIs combined. Like it, it's just, it really is just brutal. Like Glaber has just been the ringleader of brutal Yankees hitters this year. Uh, and it's just, it's appalling. After and Max, the last, please don't listen to this. Please don't listen to this, Max. After the last like year and a half, you know, last year and this year so far, like it's, it's understating to say like, I'm concerned, but for like, especially for like for long-term, right? Like it's, it's definitely concerning because when he was in the system, right? They're like, oh, he's not that much of a home run hitter. He's supposed to just be like a good all-around hitter. And I feel like it screwed with his head because like he, he came up himself and hit, he was a home run like, hitter after that. Yeah, like he came up yeah. and hit like 20-something home point. runs. He hit 35 home runs the next year. And then who knows, right? Oh, he comes in out of shape or, you know, they change the ball or the pitchers are using, you know, cement or whatever it is. Like all these various things, right? He He – has a bad season and doesn't hit any home runs and now they change the ball. So no one, you know, a lot less people are hitting a lot less home runs. And now it's like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Right. You could, it's, I just feel like 
you know, once you get the yips or something like that. Like, I feel like you're in a really dangerous spot right now for your career because if you don't start doing something, then you could just, you know, not to say, like, you'll wash out, you lose it forever, but, like, you could really, really get in a downward thing here and not come come out of it like Gary Sanchez somehow did. I think for me the most concerning thing is is that it's not just him, right? I'm not going to deflect blame from how pathetic Absolutely. he's been playing because other people on our team are are equally as inept, but it's not just isolated to his own struggles, right? You mentioned your mean Mercedes. The White Sox have the luxury of sending him down because everyone else in their lineup is still hitting. They still have a ton of sluggers, right? Like Anderson's still hitting well at the top of their lineup. They cut the only dead weight they had in Adam Eaton. They DFA'd him, but they still got the reigning MVP, Jose Abreu, in their lineup. They got a lot of guys that they can afford to send this kid down and get him right. The Yankees don't necessarily have that luxury because even as bad as he's been, Glaber's still one of their, what, six best hitters? And that's bad. That's a really bad spot to be. That <laughs> <laughs> that what do you, what do you do right? You yeah. almost have to just throw caution and win and say we're going to bring up a bunch of prospects and hope it works out, or just say you know what we got to send him down and what we're going to get as a replacement in I don't know Tyler Wade maybe can't it's going to be marginally uh, you know we're going to give up something but maybe if we can get Glaber right and he'll make way more impact later in the year. This is the type of move or this type of situation that makes you question why they kind of gave a guy like Tyro Stroud away. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. It's, everything's a numbers game. They obviously need pitchers. There was a log jam at the position. They they trusted in Glaber. There's an infinite number of reasons for why the team does what they do. And in the moment, it makes sense. And when it doesn't, they have egg all over their face. But we, we, we can't predict the future in the moment. Mm-hmm. With with Glaber, like the thing that's interesting short term, you'd be like, yeah, well, it's hurting the team. Like he's he's playing badly. Long term, like there's a lot of talent at shortstop in the pipeline now. Like Anthony Volpe is getting rave reviews, and then there's more talent now because of the draft that just happened. Like, I mean, look so, at the shortstop free agent classes over the next yeah, two years too. You know, look at all the like look at all the great shortstops that are going to be available in the next couple of years. Like you kind of start to have to think to yourself if you're the Yankees, huh? How could it argue if this guy like if we talk to this guy and he wants to come here and he like, hey Glaber, see you, bud. Like, like right, like it's not conventional wisdom to be like, oh, you'll trade a guy when his value's down. But like, I don't know, Cashman's turned a trick or two here and there over the years. Like, it's just. And I think this Glaber thing especially is more like it it goes well with another thing that, you know, we've all kind of thought it's like Clint Frazier or Glaber or, you know, whoever, right? Why haven't they sent people down? Why haven't they dipped into the farm system, right? Like, why haven't they, you know, the Red Sox are in first place and they're bringing up their third-ranked prospect to start the series against the Yankees tomorrow, like, why are the Red Sox doing these things? The team that's in first place, the Yankees. Again, have... for the same reason I just said, because they have yeah, the luxury to tinker with stuff saying, like hey, that. Like we could, we could put, put, we could plug this guy in, you know. Because hey, we and, know and if we bring have up this kid makes us even better, awesome, it's yeah. gravy. Whereas if the Yankees send down Glaber and what they get as a replacement is even worse, then we're done. Like, like just yeah. strap, strap cement blocks I mean, to our ankles and throw us in the ocean. Like we're done. As opposed to what, playing out 500 baseball and finishing in fourth place, like. Yeah, I just like don't. I just don't yeah, see. It's a fair, it's a fair point because Glaber is close to the point where it's like, look, 
you could put if you put like a professional baseball player in Glaber's spot, like how much worse can they actually be? Like they could. I think be a I bit think the worse, issue is that like not much. He has the third worst slugging percentage in all of baseball. Like it's he's three home runs, he's been seventy seven games. But it's like I mean, he's defensively still, he, he's been fine. He's not fast. He's not hitting for. He's not hitting for anything. It's like you could even if you put Tyler Wade in there, is he going to bat comparable or maybe worse? Yeah, but at least he'll be like fast and. Like he's not on base, that has no value. I think, look, if you look at the names that all of Yankee Twitter, you know, people hear names because someone says, oh, this prospect is doing this. Or when I, I remember when people latched on to Chris Gittins and I don't even remember he exists anymore because we need a first baseman. Right? Like, so people, Yankee's people Twitter is so unreliable. Team, like, tri- people like, oh, he's hitting like 280 in AAA. I'm like, yeah, that, that probably means he'd be hitting like 150. Yeah. In so, so you have you have our entire fan base is obsessed with Park and Ambergy right now. But like there's a reason these guys aren't getting called up. It's because they've been in the system for six yeah. years and not progressed the way they thought. Look at a guy like Albert Abreu. When we traded Brian McCann for him, we thought we were getting a bona fide ace, a kid who threw 103 miles an hour, and now he just comes up occasionally, right, as a as a reliever, and he doesn't really have a true role in, in the future of this franchise. Sometimes there's a reason why these guys toil away in the minors, and it's because the team doesn't think. I get sometimes you're in a position where you just have to give it a shot and sink or swim, right? But if the team has enough years of experience, like they know what they have in him, way more than us idiot fans who look at a couple stat sheets or see a highlight on Twitter. Like, let's be honest. Hey, we're not idiots. No, I mean, I don't know. I just, I like for if if Tim Lo Castro is what flows to vote, then whatever. But like, at least if you're going to trade for the guy, play him every day, right? Like, I just don't see why it's like, oh, Aaron Hicks got hurt and that stinks. But like, you know, anyone, anyone with the pulse, left handed, you know, batter, you know, Estevan Florial, like he has had no time really in AAA. But like, I just don't see what they have to lose. Like, to, to not even try to get some of these guys up here. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm no talent evaluator for sure, but I just don't see why, you know, you can't try some of these things to change up the energy or get some whatever. In because, there. because this team is still blindly chasing devout and, and, yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 and obsessed and, and loyal, I guess that's the appropriate word here to the guys they have. You say, well, why wouldn't you give a guy like Esteban Florial more playing time? It's because they have guys like Gardner and Frazier on on the roster, and we've seen what they've done. But in the moment, you know, you're talking about five, six weeks ago when when Hicks was put on the aisle and out for the year. Like, you don't expect Gardner and Frazier to keep hitting the way they have this whole time, right? You say, we know what their ceiling is, we know what they're capable of, so that's a better option. That's why. Like, obviously, everything in hindsight looks better, but this team is so loyal to their players and so blindly obsessed with what the analytics tell them and what they what their past performance has done them that they 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 have blinders on that they can't see what's in front of them yeah and that that's kind of i'll just say it for you that's what andrew picked as what's appalled him most is how this team just just keeps you know what's the definition of insanity right just doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result and like Andrew, you said that's that's your problem with analytics is like the whole it's the regression to the mean and the Yankees just think like, oh, we're so below the mean right now. We're, we're going to get back. You know, we're going to regress back to the mean and just go straight up and just go on this hot run and we're all going to be hitting dingers and everything's going to be great. But I don't know. They're kind of running out of time. Um, let me just say one last thing about Glaber. Uh, this year, Glaber Torres, 13 extra base hits, 12 errors. Is that good? Someone, someone I mean, that's good. it's not great. Yeah, it's not great. 
Um, gee, what, what's been your uh, most appalling thing this season? Thing that's appalled you the most before we kind of talk about should this team just blow it up or try to make some trades? Other than this series, like this season as a whole <laughs> and the way it's played out, I would have to say um, the whatever you want to call is what's happening to a Rolis Chapman. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's the spi- I think it's the sticky stuff, man. Like I think that's a guy who we all expected the starters and Bowers and Coles to, you know, the, those guys to be the ones affected. But like I think Chapman was a big sticky stuff guy, and a, maybe a lot of oh, those I mean, off-speed yeah, think, pitches he's I throwing. He like was. I don't think we realized how much he was using it, and it, I think it really fucked him up. That's yeah, kind of I mean, what I'm it is. Gonna, like, scapego- I'm not gonna I'm not trying to cop out for him or anything like that, but I just. I'm really mad still that Major League Baseball did this right in the middle of the season. Like, but at the very same time, like, you know, he's a professional. You have to go figure it out and whatever else. Like, maybe the All-Star break, he figured it out. And, you know, he's had, you know, down periods like this for one reason or another over his career. Like, this is one of the worst ones and most prolonged. But, like, in 2017, he was removed from the closer role, and he's coming in in, like, the seventh inning. Now you could say, well, like, I mean, that, that's what he, he is right he now. Had, yeah, I was going to say, say like, he got removed again. <laughs> handling it maybe a different way, but he's not closing games right now, so it's a similar situation. But I just no, but think... I, I think, I think I don't want to glaze over your original point, which I think is is spot on, and it's total bullshit from the league. Is that they did this change in the middle of the year? I get you said, yeah, the professionals they could probably figure it out, but like, no, fuck you. You spend like, the entire off season preparing. This, man. You spend like, the entire off season preparing to to pitch under a certain circumstance, right? You spend all spring training prepping the first half of the season. You're doing things a certain way, and then they just rip the rug out from underneath you. Like, if you said at the beginning of the year or in spring training, like, hey, we're making a big deal about this, and you allow the pitchers to tinker and actually get a fit. And you saw with Cole, right? He was shit for two or three starts and then went out and pitched a complete game of shutout. Like, eventually, these guys will figure it out. But a guy like Chapman, he doesn't have – as many bullets in the chamber as, as a guy like Cole, Cole could toil away for an inning or two or three or seven and figure it out, right? Look ugly for a while and then find something that works. A guy like Chapman throws like 12 pitches a night. Like There's not a lot of room there to figure out how to adjust to pitching in a, in a different way. So I think for that reason alone, we're not going to let Major League Baseball off the hook for doing this change midseason because it affects so many people in so many different ways. And most of the, you know, unfortunately, we're on the on the ass end of it. But like, it it has a lot of adverse effects on short term guys like relievers. I mean, look, you're speaking the truth though. Like, I I could go on all day about why I think Rob Manfred's an idiot, and this is a poorly run league. I'm not going to do that, but I'm just going to say that the home run ball and you know the changing of the ball last year and the changing of you know the rules, a rule that's been in their rule book for years and they've just elected not to enforce it's reactionary and it's reactionary because last year people are asking why are so many people hitting home runs and this year it's you know oh spin rates and this and that and they're using you know you know cement that they use to glue bricks together like why is this okay and and the league just gets you know all uncomfortable about what's happening in, you know and the stories are being written about them and and they just react and they panic and Rob Manfred, yeah, you know, goes, you know, whatever it was, I don't, you know, a year and a half without even a single interview or a press conference to address anything at all. The whole point is that, like, 
literally the entire league, all pitchers were doing something. And everyone knew, and it really wasn't enforced. And it was the MLB's fault for not really being tough on it. And, yeah, just to enact something like this in the middle of a season, it, it's just ridiculous, man. It, it really is. Like, like I can't even, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a cross-sport comparison. Like, you know, like, if they just said in the middle of a basketball season, oh, you guys can't wear, like, these specific shoes or wear these. You know, it's just something that, like, would really, like, throw you off. Would either mess up your shot or you, mess up, like, like it's just – I'll, I'll give you maybe not a not a, a, a not a apples to apples, but like you know the NBA is going to be changing their ball, but they've been testing and you know communicating with the players' association for years, and they've been you know they've had prototypes, they've had like yeah, exactly variations, right? Major League Baseball in one off season changed the the properties of their baseball, changed the seams, changed whatever they did, and then in the middle of the season changed the rules. And how you actually prepare for the games and actually use those baseballs in the middle of the season. It's, it's Which, if you think about it, is so insane because they they totally contradict each other, right? They deaden the ball and they I, – I believe they heightened the seams, right, to give pitchers better grip. I thought they flattened the seams. Or that was last year maybe. It was the flat seams. I, they, I thought they – they did something that allowed pitchers to improve spin rate. And then obviously the spider tack and other substances further improves that. Right. But like we saw, I mean, has, has offense really come back since the the ban? I, I know you've seen a couple guys get white hot, like Schwarber and Joey Gallo, too, but I think it's too uh, small of a sample size to like really tell. I think like mm-hmm. another few weeks, you'll, it'll be like, cause like, you kind of almost have to have like a similar time of like, okay, like we had two months like before uh, they kind of started cracking down on this. Now let's see the two months after and kind of do like an apples to apples comparison. That's like, yeah, I just think the, the, the big problem is that I forget which of you two use the word scapegoat, but they have just such shitty crisis management is that they got feedback on a problem, right? Offense is down. This is bullshit. Pitchers are, are are dominating the sport. So rather than, I mean, and there's a very obvious reason why it's because they changed the ball. So they're the reason why offense was down. And what they did is they completely threw the pitch on the bus and said, "No, it's not our problem. We didn't we didn't do anything with the balls. You guys are the problem because you're cheating." Mm-hmm. Yep. Just oh, terrible. Just the, 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 it's just like the lowest of of integrity move that you can you can make and. I don't know. It, it almost makes me. I, I, I'm almost happy. I'm not ever going to be happy if, that the Yankees aren't playing well. But it almost makes me, I guess, a little more comfortable with the fact that this is the year the Yankees are shit because I can kind of chalk it up to like, well, I hate this game and I hate this league, right. what they're doing this year anyway. So it almost makes you more apathetic to how the Yankees are playing when when they're losing. Like, I don't know if that's, that's a fair point. How you guys no, feel it's a, too? Uh, it's a fair point. I don't. I don't necessarily feel like that, but I understand feeling like that. Um, we're at thirty minutes right now, and we don't want to go too long, so let's just wrap the show up with this. Do you guys think the Yankees should be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? I'll go. Simple question. I think they should be sellers, absolutely. And I think if the Yankees come out against the Red Sox. This oh, yeah, year, eight, eight, this, eight, eight of the next 11 games against the Red Sox, by the way, coming out of the All-Star right. break. Like if, so, if the Yankees come out against the fun. Red Sox for starters this weekend and just lay an egg, then it's over, basically. 
Yeah, as okay. far as I'm concerned. Because because the thing like, is, like you, you look at the you say, okay, they're only four and a half out of a wild card spot. Yeah, but there's like four or five teams between them. One or two like, of those teams is going to get hot. Is going to have a good right. second half. So, right. Like, so eight of eleven against the Red Sox, a team that they haven't been able to beat yet, a team that is in any conceivable way a better team than they are so far this season, and. At the end of the day, right, you could beat up and beat the Astros and beat whoever you want. But, like, you know, the entire last month of the season is usually against division teams. If you're not beating the teams you're in against your division, you're dead, right? You're just going to be an average or worse they've team. Been Which they haven't done division. all year anyway. Yep. The Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah. We opened the year by losing, what was it, something like seven of ten games to Toronto and Tampa combined. It hasn't really gotten much better since. Nope. Yeah, like it's, and even it's, the even, dude, even the O's this year, we're only like I think we're five hundred against them. Like, you know, they've won a few games against us. Like, we've just been absolutely terrible against the division. Yeah, so I think I think this weekend is basically it. Like, yeah, win four, that. four, win or you know whatever. It's if if you don't if you don't beat the Red Sox, you know, meaningfully this weekend, then it's over. And I think yeah. whatever they do for the rest of the month isn't going to change that until the deadline. Yeah. And, uh, so to answer the question, yeah, we all agree that should be yes, sellers. Yes. I was going to say, I, I'm full sell on that sellers. too. I, and I the only they, exception the would they be, should be they should be, but they're not going to. That's the thing. Like they, these dudes are, unless, unless we're like three or four games below 500 by like July 29th, I really don't think these guys, they're, they're too prideful, man. Like, you know what this season Dude, is? It's like, like the, it's, they're going to lose like seven of the next 11 games to the Red Sox. Like, Look, here are their next 13 games. It's eight against the Red Sox, three against the Rays, and two against the Phillies. What, like five and uh, like five and eight, four and I don't like, well, they're probably not going to go like, I mean, who knows? Maybe they surprise us and go above 500 in that stretch, but probably not. But, I mean, I don't uh, know. are they prideful? Was... Yes, but like, I didn't think they would fully, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't think they were going to trade Andrew Miller in 2016 and they traded. You know, they did all that stuff yeah. in 2016. Like, I think that, you know, they don't really leak anything or anything like that. It's hard to really predict, but I, I, I find it, I think I would find it more surprising if they did nothing. And I think they're going to try that. to be buyers, man. I think they're going to try to make a big splash trade. I mean, we heard like, you know, mumblings at the All Star game, uh, Trevor Story and like blah, 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 all these guys, but like, I, like really, at this point, like what? What the? I think the only baseball player on planet Earth that I'd be happy and like would have confidence in the Yankees getting that they'd he'd make them better is Shohei Otani. Like I think that's literally well, it. I think like, I swear to like that's how bad the Yankees. They could get like literally almost anybody in baseball, and I'd still be like, yeah, we still suck. Like the, this one guy isn't gonna do shit for how bad we are overall as a team. Like, was this guy going to run the bases for all of us? Is this guy going to not hit into a double play every game for us? Like, I don't know. Like, I think uh, I'll let Andrew go for a while here, too. But I think if even if you're going to go and get like Trevor Story, like, I think it's fine if you're getting not just like a one year rental thing. If you're getting guys who are like maybe long term guys, like if you're if you're getting guys that still change up the like the foundation and the makeup of the team, that's fine because this was maybe, let's say, interestingly constructed roster coming into the season, the amount of talent notwithstanding. But I think you could get guys like Story or whoever else and not rental guys, and that would still be okay with me, even if it was considered buying. But to that end, if you're going to go after a guy like Story, 
just tank on the season and sign him in free agency. Like, what, what are you I was doing? About to say, that's the thing. Like, I was about to say, like, you at this point, like, fuck this season. Let's just sign and, with, sign a caliber guy like that in either this offseason or next offseason. Right? And I think it would actually be more infuriating if they were buyers because all it would, A, it would be blind ignorance mm-hmm. and arrogance and stubbornness well, and every well, word under the sun well, to show yeah. that they're putting their head well, down and trusting. Well, Andrew, that's what this season has been. Like, that's this this season in a nutshell. Like, this season has been an accumulation of, like, the last few years of the Yankees front offense, front offense, front office just sticking their noses up at everyone, thinking they're so much better, they're so much smarter than everyone else, and it just blowing up in their faces, man. Like, that's right, what no, this no, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, is if they were to make additions – you go back to the luxury tax deal, right? And a lot of times why they would wait this long is so you get a guy who has a $10 million a year salary, you get him 90 games in the season. You're only assuming, what, $4.3 million of, of that of that money, something like that. So that could be part of the reason. And that would actually make me more mad that they sat and waited all year and watched this team collapse yep. in front of them night after like, night. Okay, now like, let's go like, hey, we're still going to make additions. We're just by, we're just waiting out the clock, and we're we're just not we're just not going to go over that that uh, money. We're going to make ads. It's like, dude, if you think you have any chance to make the playoffs and you're willing to make ads, then the luxury tax should be. Like and I've been a defender of it, not not necessarily saying like you can't go over it, but like I've understood why because they have so many guys they have to sign. Um, after this year, maybe you look at, at the the state of the roster and you say maybe they don't resign a lot of their yeah, their right. future free agents. <laughs> but you know, you look at it in in March and you say, well, Judge is going to need to get paid in a few years. Gary's going to need to get paid in a few years. We still got Stanton and Cole in the books forever. Uh, guys like Voider eventually going to be in line for money. Geo Glaber, all these guys are either in early arbitration years or soon to be free agents, right? So I get resetting your luxury tax standing so that when you do eventually blow by it, you have, you have, when you, when you exceed it, you blow by it, but it's only because you're funneling money into your core, which if you're winning, there's no problem with that. Well, yeah, but when you're three games at a certain point, at a certain point when, when you're just floundering night after night and you're eight games out of first place and you're zero and six against the Boston Red Sox, Something's got to change. You, you got to either say, yeah. you know what? We're selling off completely. Like, we're, we can't do this. We're not willing to spend. So we're just going to give up on this year and we'll reset next year. Or if you're going to spend the money, do it early and actually don't put yourself in this gigantic hole that even if they do get better, even if they played a 600 clip the rest of the way, they're probably, they'd be still not, might, might not make the playoffs. And then, is, then was it worth it? So I think, I think, I, I mean, the Yankees being where they are in the standings, like I said, I think if, depending on what happens against the Red Sox, that it's basically over. And teams are probably going to call them. You know, Brian Cashman is not a fool. Like, he's not going to, you know, laugh people off the phone. Like, teams are going to call asking for stuff. So, like, other than, like, Judge and Cole, because no one's going to want to trade for that contract, no one's going to want to trade for Stanton, but, like, who would you not trade? Is there anyone, you know, if, like, who would you not trade, basically? If, 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 Teams recall. It's really, it's really other than like the you know obviously Judge and Cole, but like other, like there's really no one that's like untouchable. Yeah, I, I would even like, trade. I would even say Geo. Yeah, I would trade yeah. Geo. If, I was gonna say the, the package only, is right. I was like, if some poor fool calls up and says I want to trade for a Chapman, I'd be like, yeah, he's like he's you know he's, 
It's like, yeah, like uh, you guys old. got a few good treadmills in uh, your uh, athletic right. facility. Like, we'll take those. The, the you know, I mean, at this point, they, there's so many guys in the Yankees. I mean, like, look, and we always talk about hindsight. And I, I always, anytime I think of hindsight, I always think of South Park and Captain Hindsight. But <laughs> it, it really is just true. Just thinking to yourself, think of all the guys. We remember all like the rumored trades that are all the guys we could have had with Glaber, with Clint. Like, oh, my God, it really like and like it's so easy to say that now because it's like, yeah, how the fuck do we were we supposed to know that Clinton Glaber would be like absolutely atrocious in 2021? You couldn't predict that. You know, it's, I'm not going to like hold that. Like, oh, why didn't the Yankees make all these trades? It's like, look, when they like I like I hold a lot of things against the Yankees and I blame the Yankees front office for a lot of things. But that's not one of them. Like, like, who the fuck um, could have foreseen Glaber and Clint being this bad? But like, it is sickening thinking of all the like all star, almost MVP, Cy Young caliber players we probably could have had on this team if we would have traded those two guys. But that's hindsight for you. Like Glaber, the this is maybe going to sound stupid, but with Glaber, I think the you know I think he's maybe a lot more hopeless of a cause than Clint is, just because Clint. At no point, you know, even last year wasn't like a 180 hitter. And, maybe you know, he's got vertigo or whatever he's got now. But I still think there's reason to be hopeful about him. And Glaber, I think the trend line is a lot more concerning. Um, we've belabored that point for a while. But um, I think in terms of the trading, if, uh, you know, people were to call and be like Luke Voigt or Gio, I would really seriously consider trading those guys if the offer is good. And I think you could get a good offer for both of them. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it, man. I mean, I you know I like Void, I like Geo, but at this point, it's like, look, uh, whatever we got going isn't we, working. You, yeah, like whatever, if whatever, we, like I'd rather them do something like that than just do nothing at all, because at least it's showing, like, okay, they they they're at least trying something, or they're just saying, aware, they're self-aware. That yeah, like <laughs> there's shit. Exactly. Um. Well, anything else, guys? That that's pretty much gonna do it. I mean, like like I said before. There's really not like a whole lot to say, you know, if we went any further, it would just be beating a dead horse. I'm just, you know, well, this team, yeah, they just, just need to play. They need to come out. They, right yeah, they, the they need to come out game. with their fucking pants on fire and actually win some games against the Red Sox. If they want any chance at even a wild card spot or that's pretty much it. Uh, to be honest, I don't think they're going to do it. I think they'll probably win 82, 83 games, miss the playoffs by like five games and Boone gets fired hopefully. And we'll, we'll see where it goes from there, but I don't know, man, it's, it's been a shit season and you know what? We'll still be here though. Right. Like I, like I said, like I, I took a break from the Yankees for like probably like three or four games. I was back watching them like later that week, even though I said I wouldn't cause I'm a sicko. Right. I, I love this team. I, I can't Glenn stop for watching punishment. them. But it's really, it's like, like, you I remember, like, some, yourself. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, watching the Yankees when I, like, my brother comes in. He's like, didn't you say you weren't going to watch them tonight? And I'm just like, yeah, but, but, like, they were up 2 nothing after the second. All right, I, I turned them off, and now they're down 5-2. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just been a shit season. But any final thoughts? Anything else to say? Anyone? Gleyber Torres, six home runs last two regular seasons. Thanks. It's, okay. it's now or never, and I think never is going to come pretty quickly. Well, G, that's a good way to end it. So for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. And our baseball team sucks. <laughs>